If you are someone who's looking to learn more about fertility awareness method for natural birth control or conception, and you're ready to finally get to the root of hormone imbalances for good, this is the podcast for you. The cool thing is fertility awareness method is here for you in all seasons of your life. When you're looking to prevent pregnancy, when you're ready to conceive, and when you want to use it postpartum. So if you're in the phase of your life where you are looking for a natural form of birth control without all the hormones, head on over to my free training, nourishedwithnina.com slash fam training for all of the information. All right, let's go ahead and hop right into this new episode. It's like momentum begets more momentum. And I had to not do something and be okay. Then the next day, not do something and be okay. Liz, here we are again. This just is making my heart so happy because we haven't done this in over months. No, year like we're at years. We are at years. Are we at years? Because we would have had Empowered Voice was not last fall. Was it was last September? No. Oh my it god, was, was it September. only a year ago? Yes. Oh but I think we have turned hit the year mark. <laughs> Wow, because we did. I think we aired our last episode like the week after Empowered Voice. I'm just trying to wrap my mind that that wasn't two years ago right now. This, well, you it know, was, 2020, it's been, it's been 2020, years. yeah, 2020 has made time not a thing. Like, I don't even understand what's going on with 2020. Okay, time out. Before we dive in, I'm sure that I have a lot of listeners right now that maybe have not listened to wine and shine or finding your shine podcast. And they're like, who is this Liz? And who is Nina talking to right now? Okay. For everybody listening, if you are OG, thank you for still being here and listening to this podcast that is now solely about women's health and hormones. For those of you that have just joined on, this is Liz, one of my best friends and my old co-host of the previous podcast, finding your shine for like three years, four years, long time, however long we did it. And I basically wanted an excuse to talk to her and just bring her on for old time's sake and for fun and to catch up and to also talk a little bit of hormones. So Liz, can you introduce yourself for those of our listeners that have no idea who you are? Yes, I am Liz. I am former co-host of the former Finding Your Shine podcast, as you have expressed. Um, I live in Kent, Ohio. So partway through our recording, I moved and that was sad, but also fun because new adventures are fun. I am a lot of things because I have ADD with certifications. So I'm a, (laughs) you also have a lot of passions, which is good. It's probably, it's very expensive. Yes. Extremely expensive. (laughs) Certifications are expensive. I am also always wanting to do 800 things and I need to slow my roll. Yeah. My husband was finally like, look, I think now that you are, and this is what I can tell people I am. I'm a certified financial coach, a certified health coach. I'm almost done with my yoga certification. It was supposed to happen in March and COVID and personal stuff, you know, but in that one works with that too. Master's degree. Did I get all the certifications? No, because intuitive eating counselor certification. That's what I was going to say. Like you added on to your health coaching certification with intuitive eating, I thought. Yep. We're just, we're halfway through a few. We've completed a couple. Pick a thing. I'm probably uh, certified in it. Well, the thing I love about 
all of your certifications though is that it revolves around like this need to really want to help people and a lot of it also revolves around like mindset shifts I think like whether it's financial mindset shifts or like body image mindset shifts or health or yoga connecting to your body like you're very much this is why we're friends into like intuitively listening to the body respecting the body and trying to give yourself a lot of grace throughout all of it. Yeah. And I think my certifications are reflective of where I am in my life at the time mm-hmm. I've picked up on. So like if I'm stressed about money, I guess I'll be a financial coach. If, <laughs> yes. I'm, if I'm like struggling with body image, okay, guess I'm time, it's time to be an intuitive eating counselor. Or like, I feel like I need to be more in tune with my like mind, body, awareness, and spirituality. Time for yoga. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm very much the same way when it comes to stuff like that. Like right now, the next thing, well, I'm finishing up my fertility awareness education certification, which I'm like, okay, I got the health coaching thing. I'm focusing on hormones. I want to teach fertility awareness methods. So I'm getting that. But now on my list is doula certification. I'm like, I want to be a prenatal and a postpartum doula. So it's like, it just keeps evolving. Mine all end up in the umbrella of hormone health and women's health. Uh I feel like yours sprinkle into like other things, but they're all under the umbrella of self-empowerment maybe Uh or like self-improvement or something. Yeah. So- they're related in some way. <laughs> so that's where we're at. When we had the podcast previously, and you can go back and listen to, they are all there. Back to episode back one. <laughs> I was just going to say, city or suburbs? We don't know. Let's what actually talk about that for a second. So our episode one or two, God bless you if you go back and listen to it. But we both were living in the suburbs of Columbus. We uh-huh. both had, well, you had the same job, but you weren't working uh-huh. from home at the time, I don't think. No. Uh-uh. And I was a teacher. So we were in this phase of like, what should we do with our lives? We want to switch it up. We want to be, we want to change. And we thought moving to the city was the thing. Interestingly enough, you moved first to the city and didn't Did love I? it. Yes, because you, mo- you moved to German Village. Oh, and I, I was didn't still I first. Go me. And That's I was still like in New Albany. Um, you realized you didn't love city living. And then eventually you moved to Akron. Uh-huh. And then I moved to Italian Village, I think like a year after you moved to German Village. And I loved it. And I've been here ever since. But now thinking back, I just think it's hilarious that we were like, oh boy, do we live in the suburbs or the city? <laughs> we were like 26 and stupid. Exactly. <laughs> no offense, 26 year olds. You're not all stupid. We just were. We just were. <laughs> we we were learning. We were discovering. Right. But now we've definitely settled into our own spaces. And that's kind of like what I want to talk about because we've been through a lot of transitions. And I feel like you've been through a lot of transitions. So I have. you recently like just bought a house and you have it's just what? Talk on transitions for us for a bit, because I think this is really going to dive us into stress and hormones and how big life transitions, because let's face it, we all have them, really can affect the way our mind and our body work together. I think the commonality for me that I've found with transitions is that whenever I've made one, I've had to intuitively go within myself to make them. Mm -hmm. So and not rely on external factors. So like moving, for instance, um, when I, now I live in Kent, like I said, um, it's like 30,000 people live here. I wouldn't call it like a small town. It's not a big city either. 
And I had to get really clear on a transition like that, where like, what was I really looking for? Like, I thought I wanted like the action-packed adventure of the city. And then I moved to downtown Columbus and I literally didn't do anything because what I actually was looking for was some kind of community. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't get it from moving to like a busier area. Where I have gotten it is in a smaller town where everything's super walkable. Like I have a brewery and a coffee shop that I can walk to, which you can also do downtown and you do all the time. Yeah. It's um, interesting because I felt the community more moving downtown and now yeah, I never want to leave. Felt, I never. I, yeah. You know what that is, though? Also, you're every time you've moved. Zach and I talked about my husband, Zach, and I talked about this the other day. How like wherever you move, you like have neighbor friends. Mm, like you're just more yes. extroverted. So you're like, I'm here. This is my community. Now I'm going to like build it. And mine's like, I'm here. I've moved here. Why isn't the community coming to me to be my friend? Uh-huh. So somehow, like, somehow the neighbor friends do happen. I've never thought about that. You, everywhere you go, you got well, But yes, I'm really excited because now that we have a home and we're like established, I I used to have a friend who lived on a street in Clintonville and she had like four people that were all her age, like right in a row. And they were like neighbor friends. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is the dream. I would love some neighbor friends since I, you know, I don't go make neighbor friends. I'm expecting them to come to me. Yeah. So, but now I literally live on a street where there's like four people, like just my age that are like, I'll have a lot in common. That's and they amazing. like came over and we had like very social distanced, you know, yeah. some beer. And you a, have neighbor friends. Yeah. But like in a different way, you know, like I yeah. had to tune into myself and be like, I need something different. I'm craving a transition, but I have to figure out what it is first. And I think the worst transitions for me have been ones where it's like, I should want this. So now I'm going to mm. do X, Y, Z. I think that is very common for a lot of us where we're like, we should do this. I wonder too, if that's how we were with the moving to the city thing. Like I should do this. I should move to the city. It's adventurous. I'm young. I should want adventure. I should have fun. And sometimes that works in your favor because you realize like me, wow, I actually do love this and this is a way better fit. But then you also can realize I just did that because I thought I needed to, but I don't actually Uh like it. And I guess either way, it turns out it's a learning experience. So like if you are getting that intuitive hit that you should be moving somewhere, you should be doing something different or changing a job or whatever, like maybe it is time to lean into it and see what happens and see if it's a good choice or not. I wouldn't consider myself a courageous person by any means. Anyone that knows me will be like, you are not. But I will say by doing things like that, like, making the transition, even if it doesn't end up being right, even if an external factor drives it, you never look back and go, oh, I wonder what would have happened yeah. if X, Y, Z. Like, I can be like, I thought I might want to move to the city. That was probably driven by other people's opinions or like societal, you know, projections of young, living, fun city life. Yeah. And I tried it and it wasn't for me, but at least when I'm 58, I'm not going to be like, what? Whoa. I'm sorry. I almost gave a 58-year-old, like an 85-year-old voice. I, I heard like, that. What if I would have done this? <laughs> I heard like, that coming. I was like, oh my gosh, we are not that far off. Um, no. Like, I'm, I'm very sorry. That is more like an 80-year-old. Also, why does our voices change when we become 80? Like, does why, why does that happen? Are your vocal cords not as strong? Like, you know, your bones aren't as strong. Mm. Your muscles aren't as strong. Maybe your vocal cords are just 
soft and weak. I feel like we should know this as two people that went through a vocal program (laughs) and like graduated with music degrees, but I don't know. Nope. (laughs) And I I didn't take the, there were like vocal pedagogy classes. I never had to take them. So I did not. (laughs) I did take one and I don't remember. Sorry, (laughs) Dr. David Price. Um, Rest in peace. I know. know. But okay, aside from old women voices and like (laughs) 84 or 58 year olds, I want to talk more about this whole big transition that you've recently gone into. So you moved into this house. And also, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, like you also had some family changes where now your father lives with you. Like you moved him across the country and he lives with you. And that adds a lot of stress to the body. And how has that changed and shifted how you've been feeling? Um, So it could be terrible. Like, I think for some people that would have been a terrible time because for, so for listeners who don't know me, while everyone was dealing with like the pandemic, as I was also dealing with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. the very first weekend in Ohio that like everything shut down, that's when I had to start going house hunting because my my dad was retiring at the end of the year from – he was a professor. And so if he was going to move and be up here by summer, like I had to start looking. All of a sudden, it was like, boom, now it's time to house hunt. Um, oh, and I, I remember when you told me prepared. you were looking for houses. I was like, that is fast because COVID had just hit and you were like, I have to go look at houses. I was wearing like gloves and masks, like walking in houses. It was not ideal. Also found out, by the way, for anyone who has not purchased a house, don't think that the pictures on the internet are accurate because they got some real estate agents with some great Mm. photography skills. But then when you get there, you're like, nope. So yeah, I was looking for a house and it was, there's like the emotion of, you know, there's like the grief of like my dad, him being sick and stuff. And like what this means for my life, like that's one level of stress combined with the collective trauma of a pandemic combined Mm -hmm. with like the emotions of putting in how like an offer for a home in this market. That's super crazy and losing. We lost three or four. I mean, this was not, it's the perfect house I'm in, but it, I had to go through a lot of like up and down of emotions to, I lived for one month. I lived in Oklahoma with my dad, like helping him pack and get, so I was like away from my husband for a month. Mm-hmm. All during the 2020 pandemic. Yeah. It was terrible. Life doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. That's what I've learned. Like, yes, shit keeps going. <laughs> Did you notice that all of that stress affected your body? Because I've noticed that there are a few different types of people. There are some that tolerate stress to a point where all of a sudden it hits them. Like they are very much like that type A person. They go, go, go. Everything is fine. I mean, they do feel stressed, but it's like, I got this, I got this, I got this. And then all of a sudden shit hits the fan. Their hormones are all out of whack. They're having gut issues. And it's just a buildup of stress and hormone imbalance and adrenal fatigue. Then there's the person that their body picks up on it right away. And they're like, okay, this is affecting me. Like, did you notice that all of these big life changes, like buying a house, you know, taking care of your dad, moving him across the country, like COVID, was it all happening at once? Or did you like wait a while? And then all of a sudden your body was like, holy crap. It's almost hard for me to tell. And I don't know if any of your listeners have had this, where when you are so like, in survival mode. Like I've got to yes. do this. I got this, this, blah, 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 all these things. 
I was not even paying attention. I couldn't tell you how my body felt or if I was feeling like, it's almost like I have amnesia and like, I don't remember my body feeling anything until I very clearly remember all of a sudden after things calmed down a bit, I was like, oh, I think I've gained like 15 or 20 pounds, which is fine because in my work, like I'm very okay with that. Um, in terms of like a, you know, body image standpoint and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been a lot of work in the making, but I was like, wow, like I'm heavier and my stomach hurts and I feel like garbage. Like Mm -hmm. I just, like it, it was, it was like, I hadn't paid attention for so long. And then one day when I took a breath, I was like, Ooh, wait, this is a great. <laughs> and that is so common. I frequently talk about the time when I was teaching at two buildings and I was doing the same thing. Like I was running like crazy between two buildings, you know, getting my master's degree and like planning a wedding and planning a tour to New York City and drinking like huge iced coffees and going to class at night. And I, I did can't this- even like, I remember this person, but I yeah. can't believe you were ever this person. I like- was that person. I just, I cannot believe that. But it's the same thing where I was so busy. I just didn't even have the awareness of my body. At the time, Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew or understood how to have that awareness, which is a Mm -hmm. huge piece too, because you don't even know what to listen for, what to look for. But what happens, and this is so common, is when everything dies down and your body, because basically your body can only be in two phases. It can be in fight or flight or rest Uh and digest. And when you're in fight or flight, believe it or not, some people feel almost better because they have so much cortisol and so much adrenaline pumping through their body that they feel alert. They feel on it. They're just like, go, go, go. They feel like this heightened sense of like almost being superwoman because they're like, Uh here we are. We got to get this shit done. But then as soon as that dies down and your body eventually gets to go into rest and digest, you're done <laughs> because your body's like, okay, <laughs> all it all drops. Like everything mm-hmm. drops back down. Your cortisol levels drop, your adrenaline drops. And then where a lot of women have problems is it stays there. Like they've actually burnt out. It's not truly that you've burnt out your adrenals, but it, mm-hmm. your cortisol levels are at this low level where your body's right. struggling to do the output. So it's interesting that you had that experience too, where it's like, okay, now I feel like shit. <laughs> and The thing is, and why I think like podcasts are so important or yoga or whatever it is that helps you be in tune with yourself when it happened. And I was like, oh, because I've spent literally years Mm -hmm. developing myself, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, now I know exactly what to do. Exactly. Not from like necessarily like a gut health standpoint, because I did text you and I was like, I'm having like some digestive (laughs) issues, please help. Um, That's not my area of expertise, but from a, you know, like. I am walking every day. Every single day I go for a walk for at least an hour. Yeah. And it's not from like a workout standpoint. It's like I need to be outside and I need to be moving. I also have realized that one thing I'm really like on my soapbox about lately is hustle culture. Mm. And I'm very anti-hustle culture. Like I hate I hustle to, culture. I, I Listen, I used to be all about these side hustles and I'd be like, yeah, I need to do all these things. And I literally think it's harmful to women Mm -hmm. because you're telling them like, hey, if your job nine to five is not like, you know, your absolute passion, you wake up every day like crying because you're so excited to go to work, then you Mm -hmm. need to do something more. Mm -hmm. And then you also like have to, you know, meal prep and all the million 
trillion things the women have to do. So I, like I mentioned in the beginning, I have like all these certifications, not doing crap, mm-hmm. like not do. I'm very slowly working on one, my yoga one. Cause I'm Good. like, I just want to get it done by the end of the year. And I have never been mentally healthier, like in my, well, I have been mentally healthier in my life, but not in recent memory. Have I mm-hmm. been this mentally like on? Because I realized once I like took a second back and was like, hmm, I think I need some rest. I literally like in high school, I went to school and I worked like 20 hours a week at Subway. In college, I went to college and I had like a million jobs. As yes, you, know. you did. When I graduated, I had a full-time job and then I got a part-time job. Then I quit that part-time job and went back for my master's. Then I went through like certification land. And, and then had you podcasts. had a podcast with me. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I think I just need to like work and then eat dinner and walk and take some showers. <laughs> like And like maybe watch a little Netflix. Yep. That's it. You know, but it's been great. It's so important that you said that it can be detrimental to women's health because we have this feeling that we are not allowed to slow down because mm-hmm. we are so praised for being busy. It's like, okay, yep. I'm doing this and this and that. And I'm so busy. And then now in the space that I am with hormones and fertility and even motherhood, I see so many women that still feel like they can't slow down even when their body's struggling even during their pregnancy, even postpartum. Think about this. They have a young child and they already are like, oh, I got to lose the weight. I got to do this. I got to go here. I got to do that. I got to do my meal prep. And then there's so much guilt because there's too many things that we should be doing. And you even mentioned some of them, like I got to meal prep. I got to work out. I got to do this. I'm not, I'm just working my nine to five. I need to have my passion project. It's like, what? where are we supposed to fit all this in? My question is this to all of what you just said for those women that are having those thoughts, like who's yelling at you? That's what I asked myself. There was literally no one in my life being like, Liz, you got to wake up at five in the morning and do an hour of yoga. That was me. The only person yelling at me was the version of me in my head that was super mean. That was it. Like they're all, I had the same problem at work where I had like a bunch of stuff to do. And I'd be like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I should stay up and I should work 14 hours in a row. And that would be cool because I could get everything done. There wasn't, my clients weren't yelling at me. My mm. boss wasn't, no one was screaming at me, but me. That, I'm going to steal that because that is such a good coaching pinpoint right there is just stopping and saying, who's yelling at you to do all of that? And then sometimes you think back and you're like, um, Oh, it's me. Like, I'm the nasty Just mean girl. Person. I'm the mean girl in my own head. And then and you know what? You can shut her up at any time. Just be like, okay, stop. Yeah, exactly. And then that's done. Right. And the thing is, she may slash will come back. Like, you can oh, tell 100%. her. You can tell her to stop. And she'll probably come back. But it's all about awareness and knowing that, oh, great. I can just keep telling her to stop. Like, it's okay when she comes back and starts yelling at me again. That's actually mm-hmm. something I had to learn, too, was that I could have, like, negative talk. I could have these feelings of whatever, sadness or anxiety. And it was okay. Like I didn't have to stay there, which also that goes back to your point that when you realize that your body had shut down, mm-hmm. you didn't need to stay there. Like sometimes, no. and that happened to me like back, back, what, four or five years ago when I did have that breakdown, 
I was down because I didn't know how to get out of it because I didn't have my right. resources yet. I hadn't done this work yet. And that's okay because when you are in that place where you feel like you're down, you just slowly kind of creep out. But I think the good news is when you're really aware and you're doing this stuff, you have your tools and you know, like, okay, I'm here. I'm at this place. My body is struggling. My mental health is struggling. And I have options. Like I can listen to a podcast. I can journal. I can go on a walk. I personally love reading books about other people that have like fallen down and gotten themselves back up. Like that always makes me feel better. And so you just take like it step by step, these small little things. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, I do feel a little bit better than I did yesterday. And then I feel a little bit better and then a little bit better. And then all of a sudden you're back to your normal self, whether that's like a week later or a month later or a year later, but it will happen. I think to you also, when it comes to rest and listening to your body, like have to have, you have to prove to yourself that you can do it and you'll be safe. So like the way this all kind of started was like, once I stepped back and I was like, Ooh, things are wrong. Like I need to, I think I need to re-examine what's happening. I was reading a wonderful book again, which I highly recommend for everyone. It is called, and I have it right here because I'm in a book club for it. You're um, in a book is, club? I love that. Book club. <laughs> it is called the Yamas and Niyamas. Exploring Yoga's Ethical Practice by Deborah Adele. This particular version is great. Even if you're not into yoga, this is like, it's like the Ten Commandments without religion. I don't Mm. know. It's just like good tenets and ways to live your life. And the first one is Ahimsa, which is nonviolence, which translates not only like don't be violent, like don't kill people, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But don't be violent to the self too. Like Mm. you need to practice, don't be harmful when it comes to yourself. And they have active. This is a long-winded explanation, but they have activities at the end that's like, you know, every one of these tenants you can practice with like mm-hmm. journal entries and stuff like that. And the one thing that it had you do the first week was add something, like do something courageous, like every day do something courageous. And the thought I had, I was like, okay, well, what would scare me? Like, what could I be brave about? And I was like, oh, the thing that would scare me the most would be to like not work towards stuff mm-hmm. and to like stop and take a break. And that like, it really was scary. Like for me to and be you like, did oh, it? did you put it to practice? Yeah. Nice. yeah. It's been like a game changer for me to not do anything. For <laughs> real like, though, for real, we need to stop doing that. Yeah. Yes. So, but I think what it's like momentum begets more momentum and I had to not do something and be okay. Then the next day, not do something and be okay. And say, hmm, if I like say I'm going to do 50 things a day and it's making me insane and then I go down to doing like three things a day and I survive and no one is yelling at me, we can do that tomorrow and then we can do it the next day. You know what that is? Hmm. I was just, sorry, I interrupted you. What, finish no. your sentence. <laughs> I don't remember even what my sentence was. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know what that is? It's just building habit because yeah. our brain is so wired to think negatively. Like it's our defense mechanism. And so we think, oh, I can't do this or this won't be possible for me. And we have to literally teach our body that it is. So when you do those things and you realize, oh, wow, I am okay. Or wow, the world didn't end. Or wow, I mm-hmm. wasn't anxious. Like, Your body then remembers that and then you can start to change the way physically your body feels and the way you show up. It's called neuroplasticity, bitches. Boom. (laughs) Yeah, the brain can change. The brain (laughs) can change. That was a game changer for me when I realized that I had the ability to change my habits and change my brain. Like I didn't have to be stuck in like negative cycles forever Mm -hmm. because 
my my brain and my body has the ability to relearn something, which is pretty cool. And interestingly, it's been, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks. I mean, it has been long that I've been like feeling this good, good little high here. Yeah. And I will say that like I've been more creative, more present, nicer to people. Mm-hmm. I had always worried that if you stopped for any point in time, you'd just like become this lazy slug and do nothing and you'd never be able to get back on the train again. I don't know what kind of slugs are getting on trains. The visuals for this are really weird right now, but bear I'm with me. feeling it. I'm here for it. But I remember you also being very, very nervous about slowing down. And yeah. when we had the podcast, I remember your to-do list. Well, I'm sure it still is like this at some comp- like at some capacity, but it was mm-hmm. the most ridiculous to-do list I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like it was maybe things you're gonna do today. Yeah, it was like honestly. 50 plus things long every day. Like it was not possible for you to achieve your to-do lists. No. And you have to be like, I'm okay because I could continue to make more and more and more and more and more to-dos and never achieve. Like you're never going to get it all done. So just like chill out. That's what I have been trying to learn. And people said that to me about 8,000 different times in 8,000 different ways, but you just have to learn it for yourself in order for it to resonate and for you to do anything with it. And I don't know what the turning point was. Being 30. I don't know. Sometimes I think you have to. Sometimes (laughs) I think we're, well, we're both, you're turning 32 soon. Oh, God. I don't even know how old I am anymore. You're I'm, right. <laughs> I'm 31 still for a little bit longer. But I think during your 20s, and sorry if I'm just like, what's the word? Minimizing this and you're like in your 20s and you've already gotten here before us. But I think in your Everyone 20s. their own journey. At yes, their own pace. <laughs> exactly. You have to learn those things on your own because I think you're still really stubborn and you have like a view of how the world is and you have a you still feel a lot of pressure from society, maybe even your parents, maybe from your friends of all the things you quote unquote should be doing or this equals a successful woman or whatever. And then you hit this point where you've done all that. Hopefully you don't do what happened to me and, and you where it's like you hit those like exhausted kind of like rock bottom phases where you mm-hmm. have to change. And then you realize this isn't worth it anymore. Like this isn't worth my mental health. This isn't worth my physical health. This isn't worth my hormonal health, which is part of your physical health, but whatever. And you realize I am ready to make a change and that the world didn't end when I made these changes, when I slowed down, when I decided to just honor what I wanted to do and ignore what society and my friends and my family all thought I should do. I think too, and looking at, and I was just in my head as you were talking, I was like comparing your journey to mine, which like don't do people. I was like doing the one thing that people shouldn't do. But when we're talking about age, I think a lot of it too has to do with your confidence and who, and just understanding of who you are as a person and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think it has taken me so long to accept myself and who I am as a person that I was just fighting it. And that's why, like, I think your rebound period was so much faster than my, like, I don't know. I know Mm. it felt like forever to you, but I feel like you were like down. And then within six months, you were like power woman. And I I feel like my down was like five years. (laughs) But I also think that part of that is to my detriment because I don't like feeling down. Like I very much revolt against it, which can be a challenge for me. So like if I feel really sad, 
if I start to have anxious thoughts, if I start to feel depressed, if I start to feel any of that, I have to work to accept where I am in the moment because my initial reaction is to fight, fight Mm. against it, fix it, change it, do something, do that, do that, do that. It's like I do the op, like I, I do do more. But now I've learned that it's okay to feel those ways and accept mm-hmm. myself and accept who I am. And then it makes it last way less because I'm not fighting against it. So like maybe on the outside, it did seem like that, but that was just my way, I think, of like not accepting how I was and trying to push right. through, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we definitely all have different ways. I love the way that you've transitioned though, because I feel like everybody does it in different paces. And also let's talk about this. You found out that a lot of the things you thought you should do, you didn't want to do. So like even Mm -hmm. right now, like you're working at your full-time job, you've bought a house, you are doing no extra side hustles besides one thing, which is like doing your yoga practice and you are happier for that. So it's Mm -hmm. like some people need to take things at a step at a time and way slower and realize the stuff that they actually think they should do, they don't want to do. And then other people just like dive in and do all of it. And then, you know, I've definitely pared down. Like I'm just doing two things at this point Mm -hmm. in my life. But I think everybody just needs to take it at their own pace. I think anyone that is working a full-time job and has some kind of passion that they want to pursue. And for, I would say, I feel like for 80% of people, their passion would be like, I want to garden or take pictures. And mine's like, we got to find another job that, you know. (laughs) Yours is always like, I need to start this business. (laughs) Right. I don't know what my deal is. But I think anyone that's finding themselves wanting to start some kind of, you know, maybe it's like a coaching thing or be a a fitness instructor, whatever it is that kind of has, like, you could make money from it, which was never the driver for me, by the way. Um, Social media, which I'm officially, that's another thing. We'll talk about that and how I don't get on that very much anymore or try not to. Um, But I was comparing what I was doing in the limited time I had in what, the 20 hours a week if I busted my behind to like these people who that's all they did. And then like Mm -hmm. being mean to myself because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this person does this and this and this and this and I can't even. Well, of course you can't. You have like literally half the time. Right. And you're mentally exhausted because you're working a full-time job like a normal human being. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We are very – comparison – what's the quote? Comparison is the death of – the thief of joy. Is the thief of joy. It is so true. And now, even though – I don't know if people actually know this. I've not really stated it on the podcast too much. But I obviously – I have my coaching program and my coaching business where I focus on hormones. I had one-on-one clients, my group program, this podcast. But I also work for my husband's company. um, And I do like director of people stuff for our clients. We have a media Is that your official title? Director of people stuff. Director of people (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually am called director of people, but I don't know why I added the stuff. But I do like... I like it. Calls calls with our clients and calls with our team members. I deal with the people, okay? But dropping it down to those two buckets, which also like weirdly relate together because having a podcast company and then having my own podcast related to all of the stuff that I do, like they fit in really well. But... Mm -hmm. I am doing less now than I was ever doing before. Oh, yeah, because you had what? What else did you have? You had us, our podcast. I had our podcast. We're working at a yoga studio, teaching private yes. lessons. Some yes. of this you may still do. Reiki. 
No, um, I don't do I don't do any of that. So I and before I was teaching full time, I was teaching private lessons after school. I remember being really exhausted every time we would record a podcast because I mm-hmm. sometimes come straight from teaching show choir rehearsal and then coming to record a podcast. And at that time, I was also taking like one or two private clients sometimes in the evenings after Mm -hmm. all of that. And I was teaching private music lessons. So like I was doing the same thing and I was so upset that like my coaching program wasn't growing or whatever. And even now I find myself, even though this is like solely, I was going to say the only thing I do besides like what I do with my husband's company, but Mm -hmm. I still compare myself to other coaches where I'm like, oh my goodness, like look at them. Look at all those Who guess what? Don't do director of people stuff. I mean, but like also, but also even if they do have something separate, who the F cares what they're doing? Like we are doing our best that we can and we're showing up in our jobs and in our careers and in our passion projects or whatever to the best of our ability. They're okay. I was just reading Brene Brown's, one of her like recent books. um, And she said, what if we realized that everybody is doing the best that they can? Like she did this whole research project where she asked people, do you think at the core, everybody is doing the best that they can? And some people would be like, absolutely not. People are definitely not doing the best that they can. That would be me. That's how I would have answered that. (laughs) For real. But But think about it. Really, truly, like, I think a lot of people are. And I think that we all are. Like, if we are, don't feel like we're showing up as our best self, we're probably still doing the best that we can. Right. You're doing your best at that moment in time. It's your best is not like, I feel like when we think about the human potential, we think about like lifting a car up, like the most you could do at any one point in time. And you're supposed to always be there no matter what is going on in your life. Like whatever your potential is, that's where you have to be operating at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way, like your potential ebbs and flows based 100%. on your life circumstances and a whole bunch of where your body's at, like a whole bunch of stuff. 100%. And so I've really come to just realize that where I'm at right now is totally okay. Where you're at right now is totally okay. And that doesn't mean that you don't have goals and you don't work towards your goals or that, you know, you have like this dream job or something like that. But it just, I think it more means that you don't, hate on yourself for like Mm -hmm. where you are in the present moment. And then that actually opens you up to a way better energy to achieve what you want to achieve because you're not Mm -hmm. always like criticizing yourself. That mean girl coming back. I would say my general attitude, and maybe this could be the title of this episode is meh. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Meh period. (laughs) Meh period. When I look at the end. Or meh exclamation point. When I look at the end of the day and I didn't get done now, like, okay, for instance, I have, I'll show you my to-do list right now. Don't look at the work one. It is sad. I when wish you, that everybody see could it. see this. But on the personal one, it's, I have one side that says it's personal and the other one says taking care of business. Also look and at I you with a paper joke. to-do list. I like to touch things. I don't know. That sounded yes. inappropriate. Um, <laughs> I have call with Nina, call the vet, read one chapter of a book watch a 20-minute yoga video, mm-hmm. walk, do 30 minutes of yoga, eat dinner, and organize my bathroom cabinet. Okay, that's really a lot, I think, for one day. Oh, this is pared down for me. It but is. Here's, but here's what I say about meh. 
what's going to happen? I'm definitely not going to organize that bathroom cabinet. Of that's course not you're not. I would three weeks. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't, and if I don't read that chapter, and if I don't watch this yoga video, I'm going to go, meh. Yeah. Oh, well. Just add a it, new day. Add it to the list tomorrow. What did I have on my personal list today? Uh, I had to walk her to work out, which I still plan to do one of those things after this conversation. But now I'm really hungry. So I need to make some dinner. So after I make that dinner and I eat, am I still going to want to work out? I might just have to met it. Like I might just have to be like, meh. <laughs> met it. I like that now it's a verb. <laughs> I mean, that is honestly, guys, I think we just gave you the best piece of advice, like have your to do list. But then at the end of the day, just say meh to yourself. If it didn't happen, like you're fine. You know, what's funny. My mom, who's she's way over that 58. She's like 62. I love your mom. (laughs) It's funny because like I feel like she's so she's newly retired. So I feel like she's discovering this rest period, too, because she's always been historically very go, go, go as well. Genetic. But this is her philosophy. Like she said she was doing this. And I was like, I love Mom, that. that's very insightful. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to use it. And she said, yeah. And every day she said, clean the oven's been on my list for two weeks. It's probably going to keep moving. Just like <laughs> organize the bathroom cabinet. It's going to keep. It's three giant shelves. I, it's going to take me an hour to do and I just don't want to do it. But it makes you feel good knowing that you have a project to, to be done in the future. Like I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I have that project I can do. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's going to be good once I get to that. So I'll tell you do- and I'm going to acknowledge my privilege in this moment too. I also shout out to Julie, my favorite human ever. Julie Olmacher? lady. No, Julie oh. McLean. Lady, yeah. Sorry, Julie Olamacher. Now you're number two because you don't clean my house. <laughs> I mean, um, whatever. But I mean, like those are things where I was like, you know what? And again, place of privilege. Not everyone can do this. Acknowledge. I'm like, it would really help if I didn't have to have a bunch of chores on that freaking list. Yep. And so I just I got Julie come in every other week. I love and that. Now, when things are messier on my home, they don't get as messy as fast. And sometimes I just got to meh it and be like, well, and that, that goes to that idea of like your time versus your money. And again, I do uh-huh. want to preface that there is a lot of privilege in being able to have this discussion. Right. But I hate cleaning the bathroom. I hate cleaning it. I don't want to clean the shower. Don't do it. I don't want to clean the floors. Like, I just don't want to do any of that. And I told Cody the other day, I was like, can we just hire somebody to just clean the bathrooms? Because I just don't want to do it. And it is like, it's that time versus your mental health thing and or money versus your time Uh thing. I think sometimes it is worth it if you have the means to do it, to pay somebody to do want to do those little things or that you don't want to do. If you're blessed with and I don't know your Cody's chore life or how he operates. But Zach and I have done this before. It hasn't worked out lately because he's been doing my dishes anyway, but I don't like doing anything to do with poop. Okay, I have three animals. I got <laughs> cat poop, I got dog poop. I don't like poop. I'll like I have bad <laughs> gag reflex. So I said to Zach, I was like, I will always, and he hated doing dishes. And I was like, I will always do the dishes if you always do the poop. 
Mm-hmm. And we just made a tradesies, except now lately he's been doing dishes and I still have not been doing poop. So well, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ours is I hate loading the dishwasher. I hate it along with cleaning the bathroom because it smells bad. I yes. hate scrubbing the plates. I always get wet and I don't like getting wet. It's super Why are you getting annoying. wet. <laughs> I like spray <laughs> like the water sprays off the plates onto my face and I just get so upset. I hate washing the dishes. And so we have this deal that I always unload and he loads, which I bless him for loading because I think loading sucks. Um, And sometimes he gets really mad at me because if he loads the dishwasher at like 6 a.m., like he wakes up so early and loads the dishwasher. So you better have that unloaded before he goes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't, if you don't know my relationship, Cody is like super, sorry, I love you still. Austin's listening to this. He's our audio editor, but he's super OCD and annoying about stuff like that. And I'm just not as annoying about, annoyed about stuff like that. So it is like a point of contention when the dishwasher is not unloaded in a timely manner. But the system works. Like trade-offs, trade-sies. So find the way to do things that you don't want to do. And here's the other, then step three. I feel like this is a three-step system. I feel like yes. we've talked about two things. Pay someone to do it. Bribe some family member to do it. And if that doesn't work, then you just can't be annoyed if your bathroom is gross. You have to be like, my bathroom is really gross and I don't care because I hate scrubbing toilets. The end. Yes, you can just say, this is not, because it's not on my priority list. That is actually a phrase I say to Cody a lot. I'm trying to think, oh, it's with the clothes. If I have clothes on the dresser or if I have clothes, you know, a couple things on the bathroom floor, I'm like, that is not a priority to me. If it bothers you that much, then pick my clothes up and put them away. But like, this is not disrupting the flow of my life. <laughs> so if it's disrupting the flow of your life, then maybe then you, you can, can do take it. action. Now, I understand that when my laundry has been out for a week, okay, I get it. Right. Like clean space, clean mind, you know, like a cleared space means a cleared energy. I understand that. So I'm, I won't like make the place a mess forever. But sometimes I think if you live by yourself, you also have the luxury to say, this is not on my priority list. So I'm not going to make myself feel bad if X, Y, or uh-huh. Z isn't happening because clearly it's not the end all be all of things that make me happy or not. And realistically, when it comes to time, you benefited. Like you did something else with that time. Okay, exactly. you didn't scrub the toilet, but maybe you read a great chapter of a book. You, you came out ahead. Listeners so. are like, damn, their bathrooms be raped. <laughs> no, Julie just came off Friday. It's go- It's fine. Let me preface this all by saying that I do clean my toilets. I just really hate doing the shower, but I still do it. Just not as you often. You shouldn't have to. You're too short. That I, that's hard. I'd be like, you're. I'm too short, Zach. You squirt the yeah. stuff and wash it. It's just too hard. Uh, you know, overall, I'm just really glad to have you on this podcast again, because if you if you at all are enjoying this sort of style of conversation, just go back and listen to the old episodes. But don't but listen to cities or suburbs. <laughs> don't I go back you. and listen to episode like one through five. Um, um, I would like to talk about my period, though, because yes, I'm on the show. Yes. Can we because I feel like we do definitely need to wrap up with some period talk. How's your period? Because who doesn't want to hear about my period? <laughs> I want to hear um, about everybody's period. No, this is what I was going to say. I have noticed as I tune into my body more, I because I was getting really bad cramps. I got cramps so bad one time that I passed out I in remember. the bathroom at three in the morning. And thank God Zach interpreted my grunting and things I was doing. He like woke up and he's like, something's happening. And he caught me before I hit the floor. <gasps> wow. So that was impressive. But it was really, really bad. 
And I've, hmm, what didn't I have this month? Really painful periods. Like mm. my stress, obviously, there's some correlation between how stressed I am and how that manifests physically for me every month. Can so, we pause there for one second? I get so many questions about how do I balance my hormones? What food should I eat? What supplements should I take? What testing should I get done? All of that is helpful. Yes, uh-huh. I can't underestimate that that can that's that's helpful. But overall, at the base of it, your stress is the trigger because it goes back to what we were talking about. Your body can either be in fight or flight or rest and digest. And when you are constantly in fight or flight, the first thing to go is your reproductive hormones. The first two things to go is your digestive system turns off and your reproductive system turns off. So if you are experiencing painful periods, hormone imbalance, the first thing you need to do is you need to look at where am I pushing too hard in my life? Where are there things that need to be released in my life? Because it's also, if you think about it from an energetic standpoint, when you're cramping, your body is tense. Like your uterus is contracting. Hmm, There's a lot of inflammation. There's a lot of tension down there. And your body just wants to release and it wants to relax. And that correlates into like your emotional and energetic life too. That's very wise, Buddha Nina. Buddha Nina. It's that Reiki. (laughs) It's that Reiki certification I got on top of all of the other things. But okay. So have you noticed the pain has been easier now that are you in a place right now where you're feeling relaxed? I mean, you said you haven't felt this this good in the past few months. I am the other I was so proud of myself that I'm so zen right now. And for me, you're probably like, you're too high energy to be zen, but this is my zen. Um I Another day, I looked at Zach and I was like, "Am I not so much better?" I was like, "You need to tell me how much better I am because I'm like, I feel like a new. I feel like I just spent five years at a spa. That's what I, I feel love like. that. But no, yeah, I because I, I just I'm like the very end. I'm that annoying end where like I'm like, aren't you done yet? And it's like, oh, we're gonna have like a little bit mm. for three days spotting. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. But I, so when was I heavy? Like I was heavy like Thursday, Friday, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we got a little, there was pain. It was Mm -hmm. like my back hurts, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like passing out on the floor. Right. (laughs) It wasn't like, I mean, that one time I remember, and there was another time a few months later where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. Like the pain was so bad. I was like, Mm -hmm. I think I I think I did throw up. I did throw up. Yeah. So I mean, and there's a huge difference between that and like, oh, my back hurts. And like, I'm a little crampy. And for I didn't sure. Even, I didn't take ibuprofen at all this cycle. Not once. Wow. That is amazing. And I have, yeah, I had not experienced that in a very long time. So was the only thing you changed your stress levels? That's it. Nothing with diet. Wow. Nothing. I would say perhaps movement because I am walking more. So I might be like. And more, that is help- really just- that is helpful because it like gets the lymphatic system going oh. and it helps to mm-hmm. like release toxins and such. So that's important. But that goes to show you, again, I understand food is important, but it's not the end all be all. And I think a lot of women get very, very concerned and tied up in what they're eating and uh, not understanding why things aren't getting better because right. they're not realizing that their mental health and their stress is actually the root cause of what's going on with their hormones. And I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for women that do that, but the mental side, the stress side, the mindset side, that's also personal. And mm-hmm. the preference is obvious. I mean, 
not obviously, but I would assume for people, the preference is I don't want to start with the stuff that's like deeply personal and like kind of touchy feely. And I can't see and I Mm -hmm. can't count the changes. Let's start with, I'm going to cut dairy out and I'm going to, you know, big changes that are not emotionally tied. Right. Stress is very emotionally tied. Everything that I'm talking about, my sense of self and what it means for me to be busy and productive and, you know, moving forward in my life, like that's all deeply personal. So that's really hard to unravel versus like, I'm going to cut this food out or stop drinking caffeine or whatever. It's way easier to restrict and focus on food than it is to focus on healing your emotions like way easier so like obviously let's not underestimate that I guess too, like know that it can be the slow game like it can just be like bringing your awareness to it and realizing you want to change it and then maybe starting to dig into ways that you can or ways that feel good to you I I've shared this before but sometimes even sitting on my couch in the morning and drinking a glass of water and looking out the window if that's like the one thing I do in the day to slow down and to tune in like that's fine it doesn't have to be meditate for 30 minutes and then journal for 20 and then go for an hour walk and then make sure I do a Pilates video like you don't have to do all that stuff self-care these days is a freaking side hustle in and, and then itself. take your magnesium salt <laughs> bath and then like go to acupuncture and like I do those things, but like not all at once. <laughs> like, I you get can't... like taking care of yourself being a full-time job, but like not to that level. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's like sometimes just picking one thing. What was your one thing that you did? Like what did you do to slow down? Um, For me, it literally was cutting out everything extra. Like I had to look, when we talk about priorities, it's not like clothes on the floor situation, but it was like, is it the most important thing in my life right now that I like try to work endless hours on this yoga certification mm-hmm. or can I like stretch it out six months or however many months and take it slow and feel better about my mental state? Was like, that hard for your type A personality to be like, yes. it is okay? Because from what I remember of you, that is where your brain would say, no, this is not okay. I have Mm -hmm. to do this because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yep. But the only one making the rules for myself is me. Going back to who's yelling at you. I changed my rules. (laughs) Okay. Two things I want people to leave this podcast with. One is asking yourself, who is yelling at you to do these things? And then two, is this the most important thing for me right now? Like whether that's clothes on your floor or finishing a certification, is this the most important thing that I have to do in this moment? And if the answer is no, allow yourself and retrain and it has to become a habit that you allow yourself to say no and that's okay and put it to the side. The long, very long way of saying I just started putting myself first. Yes. I that's Maybe that's the title of this podcast. How no, to I start like putting <laughs> how to start putting yourself first or meh. <laughs> I think meh will be intriguing and you'll get like five times as many listeners because they're like, meh. What does what? that mean? What is this about? And then but, they're like, oh, it's Liz. <laughs> but to be honest, I think you're right. This is all about putting yourself first. And to wrap it all up into hormones your hormones will thank you because when you start putting yourself first, you really are putting your mental and your physical body first and you start to feel a lot better because you're living in alignment with who you are and who you want to be. And your body is like, thank you for doing this. 
Look at that beautiful, succinct wrap-up. Remember when we used to get really excited about beautiful, succinct wrap-ups? Yes. You just did it. I just, it we beautiful. just, we just wrapped it up. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, I texted you and I was like, I want to have a really casual conversation. I, I love interview. I love the interviews that I do, but sometimes I think it's refreshing to just hear from what the average person normal I don't people, know because they've got normal stuff pe- to share we <laughs> got stuff to share sometimes you just want to hear people talk about their everyday life and their husbands and washing dishes and clothes on the floor and certifications and yep. to-do lists right so where I mean you're not active on social media you just said that so if anyone wants to listen to you or learn more from you what would you tell them Here's what I would tell them. Oh God, I don't know what to tell them. Follow me on social media anyway, because here's the thing. I'm I'm at a season right now, and I think with election stuff, I'm just overwhelmed with I'm a very educated person with like the news and stuff. So right now social media is just it's unnecessary stress. I'm not an yes. uninformed person, but it's just too much for me right now. That could be That's- a podcast all in itself of how we need to stop bringing all the negativity in. Like, how do we balance that? But yes. Yes. So I'm just off there. I'm lurking on stories all the time, but I'm not posting anything. But follow me anyway at Liz Garster. That is my name. And it right now, it doesn't have anything to do with any side hustles. It's like, I think I've just last time I posted. Just like dog pictures sometimes. I say all that to say there is a point and I can feel it. Like I said, I took a break. And I can already feel like, okay, I've rested and now I want to keep moving forward with things. So there will be a time when there is yeah. more intuitive eating content on there where there is like 2021, I'd love to do a group program. I'm not going to rush to do it January 1st. Maybe it'll be like halfway through the year or something, but there's stuff coming just we'll very bring it, slowly. We'll bring it back on the pod when the time is right and you have your intuitive yeah. eating program launched or something like that. I also like have that. a website. Um, that theoretically, if you go to lizgarster.com and you sign up for my emails that I don't send, um, I, but I could send an email <laughs> to you one day. So like there are ways to get me just like, you're not going to hear from me for a while. You'll get her in the future. Okay. So like go right. to Instagram, go to the website, you'll get more of Liz in the future. And she's also an amazing person inside and out. So I highly recommend following you. Also, thank you for coming back on and making me feel super nostalgic for the old days of Finding Your Shine, which again, if you do just love our banter, you can go back and listen to like a bunch of episodes on there if you you so choose. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on and for all the wonderful work you do for women. And I'm excited to have watched all of this grow and progress into a beautiful platform that you offer the world. So thank you. 